Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome aboard the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown your co-host and producer of the program. And we got a wonderful show today. we got everybody back in studio. Cal and Ed and Gary are back here with us. And we are going to be looking at a local news source that's produced called Look Up Detroit. We're going to be kind of tackling the whole issue of how do you deal with fake news? How do you deal with establishing a reputable news source for the city of Detroit? We're going to do that today on the Internet Advisor. Once again, welcome to the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, and the posse. The whole posse is here. Gary Baker, good to have you back in studio. It's great to be back. I was only gone a week, but I'm glad to know that you missed me. That we that did. Was very nice. We did miss you last week, nice. and unfortunately couldn't make the connection with Donald Boat Show. Uh, yeah, we tried to, to hook up, and, you know, there were just so many people down there at the Miami Boat Show. It was, uh, uh, it was fun, yep. but frustrating as yeah. I was oh, yep. kind of running around the property and they said, just go out on the dock. You can get connection out there. And, and it's so loud out there. It, and, yeah. and the other thing too is, and we saw this with matter of fact, uh, uh, Edward Dell here, Eddie, we had, we're on somebody on talking about the new protocol for uh, Wi-Fi 802.11. AC wave two. AC yeah, wave two, was, which yeah. is around yep. for precisely these major events. Yes. Like, and they didn't have it. They didn't have it there. <laughs> they must not have because no. I, I got connected uh, to the Wi-Fi that they did have, yeah. and uh, but couldn't go anywhere. It was, it was simply overwhelmed. Yeah, couldn't go anywhere. Speaking couldn't of overwhelmed, we are overwhelmed to have Cal Carson back in studio with oh us. Oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of Wi-Fi, man, in the middle of the Caribbean, it was like really crazy doing that stuff Serious? Oh, yeah. You were... St- you were in the middle of the Caribbean. I thought you were like doing a skating show. They don't have skating shows in the Caribbean. Do Actually, they? they had nice arena on that boat, and they did do a nice show uh, on the boat no as well. Really? And you could skate wow. if you wanted to while you were out there as well. <laughs> it was Why would great. You want to skate I'd, with beautiful Caribbean sun around I, I, you. <laughs> I really kind of like my ice inside my cup. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, we did that too. <laughs> but but it, it was great. Some of the technology that they're using on a cruise ship to to keep you on. You know, going, it's just amazing. It's just lots of fun stuff. So they don't kind of give up on this and say, look, folks, just enjoy yourselves while you're here. Uh, and, you know, for me, for emergency purposes, obviously, we're going to have, we'll be able to connect with 
the mainland, etc. But they make it really, it's like, is there Wi-Fi throughout the ship? Just as long as there are psychotic technology people <laughs> aboard this Earth, they'll give you anything you want. You can get Wi-Fi on it. You can get cellular on it. You can get everything wow. you want right on the boat and for a price. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> for and, a price, too, huh? And you were telling us about all sorts of neat little uh, oh, technology just, uses now that they have that they now have different business models that they used to, like the refillable cup. Oh, yeah, the cup. You know, you you buy a drink package for the entire cruise, okay, and then they give you a cup. It's a special cup Uh because if you take any cup underneath this fountain, it just doesn't give you drink. No. But if you paid for this special cup, you put it under a fountain, it has a token, and it goes like, oh, okay, (laughs) gives you all the drink you want. No kidding. A magic (laughs) cup, hey? Yes. I tell you, it's just also, you do no cash at all the entire time you're on the ship. Yeah. And they they electronically count you going out, and they count all the people coming back on the boat. Oh, yeah. There are That's scanners true. and everything. Oh, they take your picture when you get on the ship, and then every time they, you use your card, they can see on their registers your picture to make sure you're the person that's using it. And you said getting off the ship to, it, to visit a port would yep. be very important to count heads. As you're going <laughs> off, they you know they check you as you're going off, and they check you as you come back on. Wow, that's it's, fascinating. It's crazy, but it, it was big fun. But they Did, still leave at the same time. They just now know who they left behind. Is that it? <laughs> you know something? That is exactly true, because when you get off the boat, they say, be back at 7 o'clock ship's time. Not the time that's out in the port, the time that's on the ship. <laughs> and if you're not there, the boat won't be there. Serious? Oh, they leave. They are gone. They, How we are not swim? waiting for you. Wow. And it's up to you to get to the next next port to be able to, to get back onto the How boat. How big was the ship? I'm just curious. They had 6,000 people on that ship. Oh, my word. That ship had 15 decks. 15? 15. Decks. They had a park. In the in at on deck eight, in the middle of the ship, there's literally a park. There's trees. There's shrubs, everything right yeah, there in the middle of the incredible. ship. And you had beautiful weather. Oh, just wonderful weather. <laughs> That's great. Time. Well, you know, I was worried because last week that that whether well, two weeks ago though, the day that you disembarked was when Royal Caribbean had a ship that was. Um, held at port for safety violations. And I did not recall what ship you were at. You were at the... I was on the Oasis of the Sea, Which is a... Huge carnival ship. No, it's it's a Royal Caribbean ship. Oh, so you was Royal Caribbean. Yeah. So you weren't the ones that were citation for improper number of uh, of life fest. So that's I, good. Which is really unusual because they're usually pretty good about this they sort are. of thing. But eh, you know, things happen. Do I they, guess. I'm just. You mentioned life fest. Did they do a drill? They used to do a drill where where you first got on a ship, you literally would put on the vest and a whole shooting match. Now, of course, technology. Welcome our friends. Video you watch <laughs> and, and just, you see what goes on, but you do go to the station where you would go to get your vest and stuff like that so you physically go there but they've got a full video to teach you everything about how to put on your vest and where not to go and where to go and the whole shooting match how come i didn't see anything on facebook from you uh, because uh, I was on vacation. <laughs> that is exactly. <laughs> That's the answer I wanted I, to hear. I mean, I, it was so, I, I, I had such a good time one day. We were in port, and there was a carnival ship almost as large as us right next to us. I'm sitting on the veranda reading my e-book on my tablet, uh-huh. and the boat left 
and I never even realized it was gone until I looked up and there was a big wide space there. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a good time. So I tell you, you really really relaxed. We, we we rented Wi-Fi for uh, we were there for seven days. We rented Wi-Fi for for four days, mm-hmm. and because the wife was like, "Oh, I gotta get on Facebook," you know. So okay, fine. <laughs> but aside from that, yeah, I just enjoyed it. Well, we're going to take a quick pause, and when we come back, introduce our special guest host for the show today. Actually, somebody who's been with us before. That's Father Richard Dalton, who is the uh, man in charge of a website called Look Up Detroit. It's a news site that we want to make sure that you are aware of, and we're going to talk about some of the challenges of running a news site in 2017. What's in the news? That has been a question that's being asked time and time again, especially since our recent presidential election and accusations flying back and forth and whether reporters are going to be allowed into certain press briefings or not. The issue of what makes up the news and who makes up the news has become very, very important. So we thought we'd invite back into our studios here somebody we've had a delight, a delightful time with before and is the source of news in our city of Detroit here with a website called Look Up Detroit, and that is Father Richard Dalton. Father Dalton, thank you so much for being with us. It's good to be here. I love to be here. Oh, it's so good to have you back again in the ranch here. Uh, you, uh, let's talk a little bit about the site itself, Look Up Detroit. When did you, when did you create the site? Uh, I will say I did it with Al Gore back in uh, <laughs> in uh, fifty two. So you probably invented the internet as yeah, well, right? Right, right. exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's been a while, you know. It's a bit more of a vision than a, a execution, you know. But we keep on putting the building blocks in there that that I hope will work to enhance communication and compassion throughout the metro area. And our yeah. focus is very much on the metro area, but. That's a big. That's a big footprint. Oh, huge! You know already. So yeah. So this started how long ago? Well, when you I first probably, put that footprint down. No, I, 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 uh, I'm an old guy. The memory's going, <laughs> but I don't know. You well, know, I know it was. It, it was. It was at least. I mean, we talked about it really when when the whole blogging thing started. Okay. You know, and mid two thousands then. Yeah, about uh, two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, so yeah. Okay. And it started very simply and really more as a as a uh, a link site you know so people yep. could get to various things around the city and it was a one pager and it was done on page maker or something what you know something very simple. back then uh, and uh it was just a very lame uh lame execution but for the time well, i don't think it was late for the time for yeah. the time it was good but I mean, the, this is. Have and you noticed? The, there's a lot of changes in the whole digital world. Has <laughs> anybody really? seen anything? Yeah, seen a few. Cal, what be going Well, I don't know who is. I I, I I I just wanted to know, so I went to who is, and it appears that LookUpDetroit.com was registered in 2004, July. Okay, 2004. Okay, okay you're that, right. It's about the time that you were at the very beginning of the of the blogging boom. Mm-hmm. When it the first time it came around, yes, and then it kind of stilled down. Well, somebody called me. You know, somebody called me, and they were very excited about what I had done. But I, they kind of dragged me into this. Uh, hey, you should be really, really be doing a multiple page site. That was yeah. like a revelation right there. <laughs> and I mean, it's just yeah, why? You know, right? Then it moved from. Uh, <clears throat> 
a Joomla site to a WordPress site That's so right, that yeah. a guy, a lame guy like me could do more <laughs> with it. And although I'm no, no WordPress expert, I, I do enjoy, you know, the ability to do things myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I, I love it that the site, uh, as you said, grew out of a desire to tell stories that weren't being told. Am I right? Stories around Detroit... And, yeah, we're not, st- and stories with good news in them. Yeah, we're not looking to compete with uh, the free press or the news. I mean, those are great sites. And the nice thing that we have is the ability, we're not, you know, it's a nonprofit effort. Uh, we, we, we have links to the free press and sure. to the news and to all these other, uh, WJR, and we mm-hmm. have a, a media page and a uh, page for nonprofits and things like this. So those links are, are good, and I'm not looking to repeat there. Uh, this week we just had a nice little thing on uh, uh, Dutton Farm. Yes, I saw it was wonderful. Works with uh, handicapped kids and adults, and and uh, they just sent something to us. Well, those kind of stories, those good news stories, uh, throughout you know Macomb and yep. uh, Oakland and uh, Wayne County, city and suburbs. That's a key thing for me too to connect the city and suburbs. Now I'm an Anglican priest. And so Jesus kind of put us in this, what I would call the good news business. I like you know? it, yeah. That's really good news. And so, you know, we're trying to put out some good news and be able to include the stories of uh, what some of the ministries are doing, churches are doing, what the Lions Club's doing. Yep. You know, we live in Rochester. We see, we see what the Lions Club's oh, yes, doing all right. the time with the leader dogs. Right, the leader dogs. But Club people line. aren't telling their stories. And the uh, local media tends to be... You know, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, yeah. And thank God for Mitch Album, who highlights these some of these wonderful things. Yes, yes. But there isn't enough space to to share the wonderful things. Yeah, he, you know, he is an excellent example of that. Uh, both of somebody who was a wonderful storyteller and uh, a, a disciplined uh, news person, in the sense mm-hmm. that he's done interviews, you know, just thousands of interviews. Uh, and I, I love the fact that he uses that skill that he has to tell those stories. And that really is it, to find stories that people can tell in the area. And I'm neither a disciplined or a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ADD, and, uh, and I'm not a writer. So I'm really looking for more input from the community, yeah. and people have to start, I think organizations need to start telling their own stories. And this is where the fake news, I think we, we do need to discuss You know some of these things that right now we've got you know, people are just very selfie oriented and, mm. and, uh, you know, if you, you can find something on Facebook and it, it doesn't necessarily ring true, but again, this, uh, rabbi from Jerusalem, uh, from, uh, Israel that I'm following, you know, he, uh, he ta- the scriptures talk about witnesses, you mm-hmm. know, let everything be established. Well, you don't get to witness what, you know, I, I, uh. it's wonderful to have, news you know from all over the world right but what's the neighborhood what's those things you can go and make a difference and go mm-hmm. see this mm-hmm. performer or go you know do this volunteer work uh, this is the kind of stuff you know and sometimes people i hate to say it to the internet people but internet advisor people but sometimes <laughs> you probably have to take down take put aside your tablet Maybe call your 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 aging aunt. You know, yeah, I'm also a yeah. hospice chaplain in, in sure. the area, and I see that. You know, we need to also make these real connections. Yep. yep. And Facebook friends aren't always your very best friends, are they? No. Mm-hmm. So. No. 
Do you have, I'm just curious, do you have stringers? You know, they, they use the term stringer as somebody who regularly writes for uh, news outlets, you know, uh, people who are stringers for the AP or Detroit News or things like that. Do you have people who regularly write for you like that? Uh, you know, I'm a kind of a one-man band at this point, and, <laughs> and uh, the, uh, I do want, like, we have wonderful bloggers, and, and there's a lot okay. of power in a shared uh, platform mm-hmm. versus every blogger doing their own thing. Well, do your own thing, but also, you know, I've got a great way an artist, a local artist, a local uh, venue, uh, the Lions Club, the mm-hmm. Rotary, I've got a great way. They can also take that same information, you know, or something they're printing in their lo- in their newsletter that they're doing and oh, put yeah. it on Look Up Detroit. they got to give me a picture and yep. they've got to give me an article and put in your website. And we've recently made it simple to do. Yeah, I want you to talk about that because it's kind of interesting. You wonder where you get your stories from. You have created a way for people pretty simply to contribute articles uh, and and images. Talk about talk about that. I, I can't really tell you what a breakthrough this is for me because I just don't have a lot of time. Sure. You know, and this has been kind of a you know block by block you know effort over the years of adding this to the site, adding that to the site, sometimes just because the technology is advanced. But uh, I now have a way, and it's guest posting, basically. Yep. And so I don't have to actually give people uh, direct access to the site as a, as a WordPress user. Ah. Uh, and when, when somebody comes a, becomes a great contributor, I would certainly invite them to do that. Sure. But individually i can send out a a link i just get their email talk to them i want to talk to neighbors i don't Mm -hmm. want to just randomly i think this is where the curation is a problem with facebook and twitter Mm. you know it it comes from nowhere they don't know who these people are the news from nowhere the news from nowhere (laughs) and the news that really you can't do anything about and you're not going to it's not going to be of any benefit to you. Let's take a pause for just a minute. When we come back, I'm going to talk about that because it's almost like you know, we talked about Ed and I as we were driving in today. We we're talking about autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. This is almost like an autonomous news site. You got to hear how this thing works. It's absolutely fascinating. But curation, as you said, is a key point, and we're going to talk about what that word means. Coming back in just a minute as we talk about look up Detroit. <laughs> We're delighted to have with us in studio father, father Richard Dalton, who is an Anglican priest, and uh, in 2004 developed a website called Look Up Detroit. Its object is to bring news, good news, uh, but neighborhood news as well, uh, from the different counties around our metropolitan area here in Detroit. Um, and we've been talking about a way that he has come up with now to get more people involved in contributing that kind of news. And this is also happening in the, in the context of talking about uh, the whole issue of fake news. So how do you get real news and make sure that it's not fake news, Father? Well, I think it's relational, you know, and, and, and neighbor to neighbor. And, and I think to actually get news from an organization that you know their address, you know what they're doing, you can go see them. Uh, and this is where the neighborhood thing comes in. And I think it's very hard to figure out exactly what's right in terms of national news or international oh, news. Definitely. Statistics can be like played with, can't they? Sure. sure. You know, Liars and, figure and uh, figures lie. You know, <laughs> and, and so you hear these statistics and it's just like, uh, no, I don't believe that. And, right. yeah. and it can be tilted so easily. And then also I think sometimes there's even like uh, 
a little bit of an agenda among some. Oh, absolutely. You know, it can happen. Bit, you yeah. know, it can, yeah. it can happen. <laughs> a, a lot of bit of agenda. Cal, you were going to say something? So are we saying that if you don't have brick-and-mortar location to, uh, to, to where you're established at, you can't be true news? Well, uh, well, I think you need credibility, right? And maybe that is what uh, the father was saying, was that it's really about establishing that credibility, people you know. I'm saying for, for the what I'm doing in mm-hmm. terms of Look Up Detroit, I definitely want some kind of relationship. I want to know who these people that are. There's a, yeah, but, there's, you know, there's artists. Detroit's not really fantastic. Metro Detroit, and this is not just for Detroit, it's for Metro Detroit. Uh, we're not the best... Uh, community to to give a platform to local artists. They they love to have platforms. If they need to tell their stories, here's where I'm going to be. Here's where I'm going to be yeah. playing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some hobbyist. Some uh, you know, here's the craft show uh, coming up. Here's a a local uh, church that has a mission that's going down and 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 being a blessing to the Detroit area or mm-hmm. to, you know, El Salvador. I mean, you know, this, there's hundreds of these stories. And you don't need to go to a website, including Look Up Detroit, for these stories. But now, because these individual posts, they have feet of their own. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you mm-hmm. take a post at Look Up Detroit, you can send it out Facebook, Twitter. There's a little... Uh, link on the bottom where you can yep. print it out right. hard copy email it we need to have these kind of thing and then you have your own distribution system to your own neighbors to your own friends right. so it's totally changed we used to think well you just go to this website and you're going to find everything no no 13 years you've been doing this uh, i've been trying to do it <laughs> yeah and you use a wordpress site and so you found this plugin that goes into wordpress the WordPress that allows you to to do some extra things like allow guests to post, right? Yes, the guest posting thing was a key thing yeah. for me because I just don't. And again, it's a time thing. And then I look it over, and I, you know, I that's I, the curation. I've invited these people yeah. already to do it, yeah, because I've already talked to them on the phone. And I mean, this has started very recently where I've had this. Uh, this where it would automatically then send them out the link and send them and follow right. up and do some of these things, and I, you know, I. So once you establish that credibility, then you're then you can allow them to use that. Right, and but I would still look over, and if sure. it's not, if it's just not written correctly or it's bad English or whatever, hey, I'd send it back. So let me see if I'm understanding this right. In addition to saving souls and doing all the other things that an Anglican priest does, you also have time to vet all these people to make sure that what you're putting on the website is okay? Well, I don't think it's it's a one-man job at all. I think it's going to have to go on, go beyond. I think we're going to have to have people in uh, Birmingham and people in Warren and people in, uh, in uh, east side of Detroit, west side of Detroit, people in Midtown, uh, that we kind of link together and, you know, have a heart for the community. That's really the For key. sharing good news. It's sure. not, you know, you're exactly right, Calvin. I, I'm, uh, 
it doesn't work for me to do you, it. Your platter would be kind of full. <laughs> it, it would be kind of full, yeah. And I, well, what's need, to, I, I need to save three souls a week. I mean, so that's a hard one. <laughs> that's your quota? Yeah. Especially if it happens that's to be me. That's my quota. That's my quota. <laughs> that takes a lot more effort. <laughs> so, so, so it's basically, to, uh, in addition to be able to broadcast good news and a place for people to be able to post good news and that sort of thing, you also have to create basically a network of people who are right. um, actually the ones who are going to validate this, not validate, but but assure that this good news that we're getting is in fact what it is. And we have these niches. We have these niches. We have people that are expert in business. We have people that are expert in, in uh, you know, uh, the culture. We have, you know, so in these uh, various categories of what makes up, you know, a community, you know, and areas of interest for to a community, they're all on that. I mean, most of them are on the Look Up Detroit site. I really, at one time I had sports uh, on there too, and those things can go in there, but it's not a separate category because my athletic uh, background and ability was just having <laughs> athlete's foot. That was the limit. Yeah. So, you know, At I just, I couldn't, athletic. but I'd love to have more, you know, local sports and, you know, but it's the back end. It's not, hey, here's what happened yesterday or, right. you know, it's, we're not competing with the, uh, the local news sources, even like a WJR or mm-hmm. a uh, free press or a news. So, but that we've had disappearance of a lot of these community newspapers. Yes. And that's tragic. And you were just talking about some of the efforts for doing community news right. on the web right. and how that's been, it's fail- well, failed. This, oh, yeah. And the patch uh, is, is one that's uh, a community source for news. That was the vision, but they only spent, you know, they didn't have a lot of resources. They only spent like $400 million on that effort. Oh, you know, it was an AOL thing, I think. It, you know, they had bought it, and oh. uh, they, they put a huge amount of money in it. You know, and I've uh, I've put six hundred and fifty into this one. Six hundred fifty dollars. No, it's really. I mean, it's. I I need some help. It and it depends. Well, it depends on the goodwill of people around the Detroit area. People listening right now in different areas of Detroit to plug into uh, look up Detroit. By the way, now what is the link that people can get to? Well, because I'll be printing this in our show notes. But well, you know, how do they people really, get in touch they, with they it? They just need to get hold of me. Okay. But sadly. I'm the guy that, you know, I'm the middleman. <laughs> and uh, it's just Richard at lookuptetroit.com. Okay. Richard and they could get a hold of me. I'd love to talk to them. And, uh, you know, uh, you find the phone number, uh, you know, it'd be just the 248-656-4864. They could call me there. Okay. We'll uh, but uh, I have, you know, a connection with uh, Tech Town in oh. Detroit okay. and uh, live in Rochester. And, Excellent. Uh, but it just is interesting. It's the wild, wild west in terms of the media today, isn't it? I mean, oh, absolutely. Just, you know, I think crazy. a pod- podcast that are out there, we're part of uh, Podcast Detroit Network, and there's a wild and a wide group of people who were involved, all sorts of different kind of uh, sources there. People are anxious to kind of tell their own story. So I can't imagine. I mean, I think in some ways you've stuck around long enough that it's come back around. I'm, I'm hoping. And, and what? how neat to put the videos on there now, you know, and how neat to have the podcasts on there. I just, I, I was talking to a guy 
a, a young man, you know, concerned about some issues, and he was a Taiwan, and we did a Skype call. Mm-hmm. And I put on another website that I have, just developing a little personal website, and I put a podcast on there. And he, you know, then he was able to uh, listen to it, and I can pass it on to others. We need to, you know, we need to get these things shared. It, I, I love the mixing of the media that's going in there, Cal. Is there a link on the website where, you know, you just said how you wanted people to contact you? Is there a link on the website where we click and we get you, get your email address to send stuff directly to you so we can? We'll get make contact? sure that that's in the show notes as well. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. not to yeah to send me a note that hey, well, I'm interested in this. I'll, here's my phone number, and I will call them. But I want to step know. back to but something. Is there a link? Yes, I think there okay. there is under. Some corner. I, <laughs> I don't have internet here. I have my iPad. Oh, we but, didn't. We yeah. didn't make sure that you were oh, up here. But well, any please case. feel free to <laughs> hit fail yeah, Grab his internet there. Yeah. Uh, I, there was a site though that you talked about that people will eventually be able to send material to. Yeah, but again, that that comes. But that comes from them, you know, talking, and then I'll yeah, I just right. need you make their the contact email after you make and know the who they are, and okay. then I'd love to make I that connection. You. Okay, yeah. then it's set up so that they can automatically. Right, uh, and and, and, and then a little reminder will come to them on a monthly basis, you know, and, uh, you know, that say, hey, you know, and so they don't it, have to publish anything, but they can. In essence, know? when you establish your own stringers, then you can, they can automatically publish this out there. That's gonna, the vision. That's we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, there's another news source that's out there. It's called MI Tech News with Mike Brennan, and we're going to be talking with him about his expansion of media that's going on as well. Before we wrap things up with Father Richard Dalton and the Look Up Detroit connection, and that's all coming up on the Internet Advisor. Well, today we dedicated to uh, talking about news sources, and one of our regular news sources here is Mr. Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MI Tech News, My Tech News. And Mike, welcome again to the program. Good to have you on. Thanks, Foster. Always a good time. Even with Gary there. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> We're talking Sometimes with me here. <laughs> We're talking with another local newsman who has had uh, or has had a vision for news in a different kind of way, community news, and that's Father Richard Dalton, and his site is called LookUpDetroit.com. We've been talking about his gathering news, but you have been doing that. As a matter of fact, you have gotten a lot of different ways of gathering news, and you've got video as part of your news gathering effort now. Yeah, I uh, deal with Automation Alley, uh, where essentially we do, call them electronic press releases, much more effective than a traditional text-based press release, because video gets watched, and then they share them, we share them, and you get lots of what's called search engine optimization, so it's a pretty good deal, I think. Yeah, I saw, uh, was it, uh, I'm trying to think, is Kelly is his last name, he's the head of Automation Alley now. Um, Tom Kelly, yeah. Tom Kelly. I saw the, the piece that you did with him down at uh, the Detroit Institute for Arts, right? Yeah, oh yeah, uh, shot a couple more, we put a couple more up this weekend, and Good. we have a few more yet to put up, but uh, at just the beginning, I met with some people last week, and uh, I think this is going to really take off, and and everybody says video is where it's at by by 2019, they're saying most of what's going to be consumed on social media will be video. So wow. we're trying to get on top of the wave rather yep. than have it crash over <laughs> us, right? So. Rather than be carried off by the tsunami. Well, let's talk yeah. about, let's give people an idea of some of the headlines that you've got out there. Uh, for instance, you collect them from all over the state. One I just saw about, about West Michigan is that the West Michigan Sustainable Business Forum is merging with Michigan's Great Southwest Sustainable Business Forum, so a gathering together of resources on the southwest side of the state. Yeah, just 
announced that on Friday. I don't know how when the deal was done, but they announced it on Friday. But it'll be serving 220 members in a 10-county area over there. And the whole idea is uh, coming up with sustainable business ideas, you know, that that uh, save energy, save money, save a lot of things. So can't go wrong with any of that. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, that's for the folks who are listening to us, by the way, on our affiliates on the southwest side of the state. Hope that you uh, tap into that resource as well. Uh, one other thing I saw there was at NASA, and that's uh, been in the news, especially with the discovery of those six planets called, was it the Trappist, I think, is the name of the system that they've got these habitable planets that they found not too far away from us. Anyway, NASA is tapping a Michigan Tech professor to lead a $15 million space R&D institute. Yeah, it's actually a pretty big operation. Twenty-two faculty members, ten universities, and their function. What what, they want to, what NASA wants to do is they're shifting from you know we're going to go to the moon, we're going to orbit the Earth. They're now looking at doing really lightweight, very strong materials to do interstellar kind of travel. Uh, mm. And what uh, Michigan Tech's function will be will be to uh, put the advanced computer modeling methods together so they can develop these materials that don't yet exist. Uh, so wow. uh, Michigan Tech could play a really big role in, in furthering the space program. You know, Ed, this sounds like some of the material. We were talking with uh, uh, Sharon Kalwani from the uh, Southeast Michigan Computer Organization about high HPC, high-performance computing. Mm-hmm. And this is, sounds like the kind of thing, the you know, supercomputing, that is uh, going to be producing these, you know, in much closer time frames, producing these materials. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing how much you can get done when you start doing distributed computing or or HPCs, yeah. Yep. Well, and you know, the the one thing that you can always count on, Mike, and that is it is not fake news. It is real news. Yes. But I'll tell you, Mike, I think this is the first time you've written a story that's just been out of this world. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Gary. Where's my rim shot? Where's my rim shot? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was thinking that. Well, I need a snare drum here. <laughs> uh, one of the final ones I saw there was a headline about malicious hackers injecting click fraud adware into the Chrome browser using Windows. Yeah, well, it, right now it seems to be limited to Windows in English. Um, and uh, being a Mac user, I don't have to yet worry about it. But uh-huh. it, it, essentially, they were. It's a real complicated process, and I don't really want to try to explain it. To, but essentially, they were figuring out a way to inject that for you to. They put up a fake message saying that uh-huh. there was something wrong, and then you had to click on this in order to fix it. I'm sure everybody's running into those things. Yep. And the unfortunate thing is, when you clicked on that message and it downloaded the the uh, the adware, which is not mal well, it's malware, but it's not going to hurt your computer. But what it does is make them a lot of money because they. You know, a lot of these sites, uh, you get paid by the click, and uh-huh. so they can get this out and get lots of people clicking on it, I don't know, whatever their five cents a click or 50 cents a click or whatever the number is, then they make a whole lot of money. But these are also the same people that are responsible for ransomware. So right now it's just uh, doing the clicks with the, the adware, but who knows where it'll lead, right? Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I, you had... Um Somebody on your uh, M Squared TechCast um, talking about uh, some of this adware as well and protecting himself. Every month he comes on, and he is Dan Lorman. You mean Dan Lorman? There you go. Thank you. Yes, I was trying to think who is he talking about here. Oh, it must be Dan. Okay, yeah. So uh, yeah, we bring on Dan, and Dan, of course, is uh, really knows his stuff. Yep. He doesn't share a lot of the stuff that he does know. I, I keep working on him, but he won't do it. Um, <laughs> 
So he gets privy to information that I unfortunately don't get my hands on. But uh, no, he's he's uh, been talking about. Jesus, I mean, r- ransomware was big last year. I don't yeah. until you figure out a way to defeat it, it's going to stay big because it mm-hmm. makes everybody so much money. And they pay on these things called bitcoins, which are anonymous payments. So you don't even know who you're paying, wow. um, how to track them down or anything. And the well, bad guys are real, are really sophisticated. The reason I mentioned that is that's another resource that's available to you when you get MI Tech News, when well, My Tech News, when you get when you subscribe to that, you get resources like M Squared TechCast and some of those other people that are there. Mike, uh, how do people get hold of your MI Tech News? Well, you just said it, MITechNews.com. Uh, just go there, and you take your news any way you want it. We really don't care. You want to read it. You want to listen to it. You want to view it. doesn't matter to us. Just consume it, right? I love it. Mike, thanks so much for being with us and thanks, for sharing Mark. some headlines this week. Mr. Mike Brennan, the editor of MI Tech News, thanks so much again for being on the air with us. Let's wrap things up with Father Richard Dalton, who is with us, because it's another kind of a news source, and this one is more community-based kind of ones in the metropolitan Detroit area, right? It is, and I, I really would invite people to uh, go visit the site, lookupdetroit.com. Uh, you know, look around your community. Uh, look at Be a uh, reporter. some good stuff, that, and then if you... If you think of some organization or somebody, our local artist, local performer, mention to them, you know, here's this Look Up Detroit, just, uh, and then have them email me, Richard at lookupdetroit.com. And uh, let's uh, let's reach out to the community, get these stories out, guys. Yeah, ex- you know when we we have people complaining about fake news, and you know how do you curate all of this? How about you, who are listening to us, becoming reporters? And that's just people who, uh, you know, are reputable, telling the truth, and sharing that information with the rest of the community, especially for your organizations. Now, another site, because uh, Calvin talks about he's going to be a hard case, a hard soul to win this week. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I would like to also direct people to a, another site that I have. This is much more theological, but just centered around uh, Jesus. But it's called JesusQuestion.com. And that's a fun site. I kind of uh, put it up as like a Pinterest site. So oh. you got music on there, you got videos, you got some theology, but it's all centered around Jesus, not this church or that church or this theology or that theology. Well, I want to thank you very much for having been in studio with us and your dear wife, Teresa, with us as well. <laughs> yes, she She's is. A lovely musician. And uh, that's Father Richard Dalton, who is the publisher of LookUpDetroit.com. But he's looking for people like you who will look up around the metropolitan Detroit area and become contributors to LookUpDetroit.com. We'll post information in our show notes about how you can get in contact with them. Thank you so much for being with us. Great to be here. Absolutely. Folks, stay tuned because we got another hour coming in. And this hour, we're going to put our silent partners, Ed Rudell and Cal Carson and Gary Baker, to work answering some questions that you have presented to us uh, through our email. And we're delighted to be able to handle them. That's coming up this next hour, answering your questions on the Internet Advisor. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechNews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details 
And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to hour number two of the Internet Advisor. I'm Foster Brown, the producer of the program and co-host, and we got our gang all set here. They've rolled up their sleeves and they're ready to start answering some questions that you folks have sent to us through email. And that's what we love this time of year when we're off and preempted and don't have a live program on WJR. We love getting your questions from wherever they may come, and we're going to be tackling them coming up in this hour of the Internet Advisor. Well, for lo these many years, going on 20 now that we've been doing the Internet Advisor, we love focusing on your questions. That's what, uh, as a matter of fact, is kind of the, if you will, the secret sauce of our program. And how we began, Gary and I, was um, by his answering my questions as uh, the supplier of my internet connection. And then in addition to that, afterwards, Gary and I uh, began opening up my show on Saturdays in the late 90s. We were uh, just answering questions from our, our listeners who were at that time connected to their screeching modems <laughs> as they were trying to get up to a 14 14- four and uh, their connection and uh, get in touch with AOL or whatever they happen to be on at the time and as and as anyone knows that you become a much better at what you do when people ask you questions or when yep. you teach that subject right yep. yeah you you kind of learn it when you learn it for yourself but when you have to teach it you really have to oh yeah and that's the that's the only way i know what i the little i do about computers in many ways is from having listened to you guys tackling questions well usually it's because we mess up our own computers and (laughs) then have to figure out how to get it and i have been legendary in the ability to mess up computers over the years and provide yeah (laughs) and provide and provide my hours of amusement Well, let's let's dive right in. By the way, the way that you can get hold of us with your questions is very simply. We have so many different ways, but if you go to internetadvisor.net on the uh toolbar on the top, you'll see a Contact Us button. Click on that and uh, then just simply send us an email with your question. Or if you go to our uh, page where the uh, show notes are, you'll see uh, at the bottom there's a Contact Us button there as well. So there's no reason for you not to get your questions answered here with our group of experts. And so let's dive into one, Ed. Uh, one of the first questions that somebody sent us just recently, and it's kind of an interesting one because it harkens back to something I think that's kind of a reality for our, a lot of our listeners are on older systems. Right. And this is a case of somebody saying, I need to open spreadsheets in the .wks. That's uh, from the old Microsoft Works Suite. You remember those? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dated from 1998 to 2004. Searching the interfet, internet, rather, I find that there's nothing that works. Can you make any suggestions to help? And my search also came up fruitless because Microsoft used to, my earlier Microsoft products allowed you to open um, those Microsoft Works. So if you had um, Office 2003, mm-hmm. that goes way back, um, you would have the ability to do that. And if you had Office 2007, you could do it, but you could go down, you'd have to go to Microsoft's website and download um, plugins, if you will, or or add-ons that would give that um, Microsoft Office the capability to open those Microsoft Works. But 
with the uh, with the advent of uh, Office 2013 and above, and now um, the Office 365, no. <laughs> I, mm. I couldn't find anything that would allow you to open up a Microsoft Works. You know, so what I did is I showed her a Wikipedia article that talked about the format and that described it, and she pretty much came to the same conclusion I did. I really couldn't find anything that would allow you to open up a Microsoft Works document. You know that that opens uh, kind of another question. Um, maybe the the two well, of you guys... any free utility. Okay, there are companies out there that will do it for you. Oh, there are. Co- okay, good. That's important. I mean, so if you wrote your life memoirs on on a Microsoft yeah. Works Word or, or Microsoft Works. Um, uh, word compatible, like a document, then, yeah, you could probably recover it. You'd pay someone, but you could recover yeah, it. Yeah, and, you know, every once in a while, you've got to go in and just update things. So every 15 or 20 years, <laughs> update it to the, you know, but you're just not going to be able to see. It's so like going out and finding a slide projector today. You can find them. I guess. <laughs> now, now, now but Kevin, why? I, I but actually why? have four of them in my basement yeah. right now. <laughs> For what? Uh, slide, slide projectors. Yeah, you probably have a turntable. Actually, vinyl's coming back. So uh, yeah. I have two turntables. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just a virtual, you know, treasure trove of old technology. Did, did you see that uh, TAC tape deck? 16 channel that was on Craigslist? No. For free? Ooh. It was snapped up real quick. He's been looking for one forever. I, I found one finally. Matter of fact, and, and the person said, I can come by anytime and pick it up. And now that things have finally died down a little bit, in the next month or so, I'm going to be doing that very thing. <laughs> There's a TAC in your future then, huh? It's yeah. a real, joy it's a, it's a real-to-real tape deck, basically. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember the brand, and I remember they're working with TAC. Yeah, you know, Foster's been around when they used to run on kerosene. <laughs> <laughs> and chipmunks were the ones who were powering us <laughs> at that time. Uh the other, I'm, I'm, you mentioned the fact that there are companies around that will go after this for you, and it's kind of like recovering your data from uh, a hard drive. Sure, you know, you, you, if you want it badly enough, you'll find a company out there. Most, most likely, they'll be able to dig it back up for you. It's either that, or you could go the hard route, and that is search on the internet for Microsoft Works applications. Someone might have the disk still out there. Oh, and then uh, I would think that maybe. I don't know if Windows 10 will emulate XP, but maybe something, you know, maybe you can find an old computer with Windows XP on it. Well, Windows and 7 has uh, the, inab- the ability to install Windows XP for free, and then you could. That's a great point. Yeah. And so run through that again. You would. I'd go out on the internet and search around, see if someone had the disk for Microsoft Works. Okay. And then once I found that and, 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 and could buy it and, mm-hmm. and reliably have a copy of it, then as uh, Ed says, I'd, I'd bring up uh, Windows XP under Windows 10 and then just load it on there and do the conversion there. Right. The other thing is OpenOffice might have the ability, if, uh, if you have people have created add-ins that you can okay. run that'll do okay. conversions. It's going to take a little more exploring, but there's a very good possibility those kind of things are out there. All right. Be back in just a moment with another one of your questions that you presented us with. Be very happy to answer your questions when you get in contact with us at Internet Advisor. It's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, Ed Rudell, and Cal Carson on the air. And uh, we've got these rascals doing some work here for us. They rolled up their sleeves, and we're answering questions that you folks have sent in. We love doing this, by the way. Um, I mentioned, Gary, at the outset of the program, this is how we began our program nearly That's 20 right. years ago. That's right. We had, to, you know, and it really hasn't changed much. No. At the time, when we were doing it kind of the, at the end of your show, 
we had 15 minutes to talk to guests <laughs> yeah, and 15 <laughs> minutes to answer questions, and now we have an hour each. So yep, that's good. delighted to be able to take that time. And and when you folks send us your questions via email, we can handle them on our program as we're doing today, and uh, and love to do that. And so whenever you have uh, a question, you want to. Present it to one of the guys here, if it's an Apple question in particular, a Mac question. Cal has got that expertise, and then we've got Shane and Ed and Cal and Gary, and even myself, perhaps, with some insight on some of these things. Let's go back to our next question, Ed. What was the next one? Oh, you're going to throw it at me. Let's see. So that was, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, here, uh, Gary would understand this because he does so much traveling. Uh, my, I'm running Windows 7. My email account is Hotmail. Um, there is a three-hour difference in real time, and the time... That appears when I send the the email. So the difference there's a difference between the time of when I send it and when I actually press the send in what's published in the email. How do I fix this? Hmm. And and what the only thing I could think of was that their hotmail account has the wrong time zone set. Right. And wouldn't that be the reason? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I thought maybe web-based. there was a problem with the computer. When I first saw this, I thought maybe there was a problem with the computer. Well, because isn't there if your if your time is different? If you, com- so you could set the t- so it could be the, the and that's account, the first- or it could be the company you know your computer time is off and that doesn't yeah. that happen usually when your when that little CMOS battery is well th- uh, th- that's true but then out. you don't you can't receive Microsoft updates if you're if you're uh, more than an hour off so just oh. security updates that you receive from Microsoft you'll actually get errors and you can't download security updates if your clock is off from the internet time that it should be independent of the oh. the time zone. So I I did ask her to check her time zone and time of her local computer, but then also I gave her step-by-step instructions that Microsoft provided on how to go into the settings of your account and check the time zone settings for your email because if I'm if I'm in Hotmail and then I go to uh, travel and I'm in California or Hawaii, when I when I'm over there and I send an email, it still says Eastern Standard Time, oh, Detroit, Michigan, so, because that's my account setting. Yes. So my oh. Outlook uh, moves. Cool. So it when I, you know, am in a different time zone, it turns to that time zone because it has my location. So my you're talking about your it. Office 365. Yes, and my and my phone does the same thing. Now, what about your Outlook.com email account? Is that the same one? Well, I don't have one. I just use Office. 365. You just use Office 365. So and my oh. office, your now Hotmail, my, my company one is Office 365 too. So both of them are the same. Right. So that was what I suggested. I haven't heard back, but I'm assuming that's what it is. That's a good call. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, I, w- I, I would go so with too. that as well. Yeah. Okay, so the in other words, then you you correct the problem by going into your settings on the Hotmail account, correct? And going under what we, for instance, under options, I would imagine. Well, let's. Oh, I'm sorry. So we go into options, um, which is the little gear on the Microsoft, and then you select your general category all the way at the top uh, on the sidebar, and then there is a um, select the region and time zone settings in there. Okay, and then so, you set the the time zone there. Correct. Okay. Excellent. All right. Uh, we have another question that came in from uh, Brad, who wrote us and said, I wrote to your show last year about my Dell laptop that was going on the fritz. And I saw a TV news story in this area right before the holidays about a couple of community colleges in my area. Now, I live in the Genesee County area. That's up by Flint. Um, <clears throat> and, and these are apparently organizations that can fix PCs or laptops for free. And it's IT students enrolled in different IT programs. 
I'm going to guess it maybe at uh, maybe the community colleges up mm. there. Yeah, or the high schools, community colleges. Yeah, <laughs> high schools is an alert. That's a very good one. Okay, um, and it said, um, "Let's see, they enrolled in the program, but stopped them at the beginning of this year." Oh, they stopped the programs apparently. Do you know of such programs where I can get them to fix my PC laptop for free in the general vicinity uh, of Flint? or the Detroit area by any chance. So I didn't know of any resources. Um, you know, everyone's always asking me for free help. <laughs> and, and, but you're and, not giving out your address, and, are you? And, and I'm a cheapskate, too, so, I mean, I, I do like doing getting things for free. But I didn't know of anyone in the area. I What I did was, by the way, I went on after I saw your response, which is true. I went in and looked at... I. Figuring that maybe this is a senior citizen, and then he didn't tell Brad didn't right. tell us his age. Um, there are all sorts of resources available for senior citizens, not just in Genesee County, but mm-hmm. I think you're going to find in most counties. The uh, C, um, services for senior citizens. If yep. you look under that, uh, your libraries. Yep. Right. This I don't know if forever they fix we've done. your computer, but you can go use theirs. Yes, yes. and and often they have text there. And I found this in Royal Oak, you know, one well, time and I had some a of the, And some of the texts are senior citizens that have all the time in the world, and this is their hobby is fixing computers, is what I found. That's a great yep. point. I didn't even mm-hmm. think of that, Foster. Yep. So you can you can check with it. Now, we, we wondered if maybe AARP had something. And on a statewide basis, uh, matter of fact, if you remember, we did a program and we had them on with us. Right. In March, in Ferndale, they're going to be having like a couple hours of a seminar going on there. So if you go to aarp.com, or .org rather, you should be able to find out when that's going to be. I think it's on March, I haven't got the date in front of me, but it would be, uh, I think it's maybe March 25th anyway, which I think is a Saturday. They're going to be doing a seminar where they're going to be teaching Windows 10 and doing some things there. So what? But so what about the Microsoft Store? I mean, I mean, when you go to the Apple Store, they have the Genius table, right? Yep. And... Uh, or the yeah, they're geniuses. I think is that what it's called? The geniuses. Yes, they are. Okay, but usually and you got you got to pay for those services. <laughs> but sometimes they can just give you con- uh, consultation too. I, I don't for, know. on the Mac side of the house. I wonder if going to that Southeast Michigan uh, Computer Users Group, they, they might be able to find some resources. Simco, there as well. yeah, exactly. We had them on the air with us uh, a couple. Matter of fact, you were going, but it was a couple weeks ago, uh, and we had Sharon Kalwani, who was the right. current president of that. On they're going to be doing a um, a seminar on. Uh, um, Windows 10 coming up very soon. This is uh, But it's a pretty limited group of people that they've got available for that. But they, as a resource, semco.org would be another one to go back to. Yeah, they possibly, uh, if they can't do it, maybe they may be able to provide a lead that can yep. get them to someone who can help. I think we've got folks listening to us in Battle Creek and in Grand Rapids and Lansing and other places as well. And in general, I think, if you would go uh, to the libraries, the largest libraries around. For instance, in Flint, uh, in Genesee County, they have a lot of resources there, a huge number of resources for seniors. Yeah, and if they're not looking for parts, if it's just right. like a software fix or something like that, they may want to check out their local computer store in the area. Sometimes, you know, Very like good. like Shane's a pretty, but you know, although this may not be close to him, but Shane's somewhat benevolent and will give you know a, a certain <laughs> amount of you know sure. a little bit of courtesy sure. time, which is good you know relations in the community for it as well. Yeah, but in terms of, of flat-out free, that's hard to find, to be very honest with you, except places like, for instance, a public library, which is publicly funded. And then there's the other senior services that are available in 
whatever your county happens to be. Um, I'm trying to think of the organization that's uh, uh, in pretty much all the counties, uh, Senior Services. You find it in Oakland County. Oh. Is that that Area 1A Aging? Yes. I, I, I don't know the exact syntax. I don't know. Area 1 aging.1b or something like that, I think it's what it's called. And they generally have know everything about services that are available for seniors in any given particular geographic location. Yep, exactly. Um, there's an organization called Michigan Senior Services as well uh, throughout the state of Michigan that possibly can help you. Um, there's elderhelpers.org. Uh, one caveat I would offer, and guys, see what you think about this. Research this before you dive into it, because sometimes it's a bait and switch almost kind of thing, where they're actually selling services, and you want to be very careful as you go into it. Check yeah, and make sure point. you're getting, you know, legitimately free services. But uh, there are a ton of things available if you happen to be a senior citizen, 65 plus. Look around, folks. We got some more answers coming for you, and that's because you've got some more questions for us here on the Internet Advisor. Continuing with that in just a moment. Welcome. It's uh, question and answer time on the Internet Advisor. Uh, your questions have been provided to us through our email link. If you go to internetadvisor.net, look at the toolbar on the top there. And on the far right-hand side, there's a Contact Us button. Click on that. And it's simply a matter of putting a little email in there, including your email address, and sending it off to us. And the other thing is, if you go to our show notes at the bottom of the page there, there is another place for you to make comments. And that could be in the form of a question that you send to us. And either way, they get before the eyes of our gentlemen who are in studio here, Gary, Ed, and Cal, myself, Foster Brown. So, hey, Cal, let's uh, jump, since we have you back here in studio with us, and uh, something along the lines of a Mac question was presented to us by a gentleman named Guy. Um, and he says, uh, hello, Internet Advisor. For some reason, I'm getting a failed network error message to the bottom left-hand corner on my PC laptop a desktop, rather, after the iTunes download process is completed. My PC is HP Pavilion 20. I'm using Windows 8.1. Is there some kind of update that I need, or am I missing a step in the download process? Please help. Thank you. PG. Uh, and uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Get a Mac. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, iTunes works well on both Windows and Mac. Mm -hmm. uh, in this particular case, unfortunately with Windows, it, there's a number of different things that could be uh, keeping him from being able to load that on his computer. Luckily, uh, on the Apple website, there is a, a page that is simply titled, If You Can't Install or Update iTunes for Windows. And on there, they have a list of all sorts of things for them to check to see what's going on. Some of the big ones that pop up right on the uh, the front is, number one, is he administrator or, or the user that he's logged on is as when he's doing right. it is it does have administrator privileges if it doesn't they're going to have to do something about uh, elevate those um, there's a number of different updates uh, that he has to make sure he has on his computer okay. so he's running Windows 81 he should run all the uh, possible updates for Windows 81 and then att attempt to download yeah, it let me again let me stop you there I, with with Windows 81 wouldn't you want to go to Windows 10? 
Because that isn't, if I'm not wrong, Ed, that's the, um, isn't that the, the best update is to go to Windows 10, am I right? Well, rather than eight one. Well, you would go to you. That would be a great idea. But then again, we also always have to remember: uh, Do you have uh, applications or programs that are only for eight one, or are you in the position to be able to upgrade uh, okay. those yeah, applications yeah, that's true. to run? That's true. So you know those sort of things you want to take into consideration before you make that big leap like that. Okay. So, um, oh, how about turn on your mic? <laughs> So now that my bike is on, Cal. Um, it's so, so clear now. <laughs> so <laughs> there are an awful lot of updates with uh, iTunes. Do you think one of these updates either broke this or could the next one could fix it? Well, he didn't break it. He, uh, I, the iTunes didn't break because he hasn't been able to successfully load it on his machine. Okay. So he's pro- if he's downloading iTunes from the Apple uh, uh, site, he's getting the current version of iTunes. So it's just a matter of making sure that his OS has all the updates that are to it so that iTunes will work with it. And so they, they give you a list of things to go down and look at, everything from making sure you're updated to make sure, uh, you know, what version, are you running 32-bit mm-hmm. or 64? Uh, there's a bunch okay. of things that he has to check. It's a great list, and if he goes down them, he'll be able to, to, to fix it, and it shouldn't be any problem at all. Okay, excellent. All right. All right, next question up, uh, Ed. This one came from a lady named uh, Betty Nagaitis. Um, and her question is about uh, replacing her Comcast modem. Uh, currently, she is using the above modem, which is an Eris, and then it gives it a, a model number there. And she's paying $10 a month for rent. Right, $120 a year. $120 a year, yeah. that really adds up. I know. I'm yeah. doing the same thing myself. And um, I didn't have an answer for it directly because I've never done it. Um, but because she'd like to purchase her own modem, I did find and an article on there. But you know, uh, uh, people that have done this, they all, it's always multiple phone calls to Comcast. Yeah, because uh, because getting it configured just right, and, and and you know as well as I do, every router has its own way of doing things. So you have to configure things in, in that particular perspective. So you have to go into the interface, make sure this switch is turned on, this is turned off, that sort of thing. I got to tell you, unless that person is someone who has some sort of technology and they like to tinker around, they're better off staying with the rental situation, in my opinion. Right. Mm. They really are. Because, you know, when you sit down and really think about it, okay, so they're paying $10 a month for the modem. Well, they're going to end up paying at least somewhere between $75 and $100 yeah. for one for themselves. Yeah. That modem's going to probably come with a one-year warranty on it. Mm-hmm. And so in two years... Uh, either one or two things are going to happen. Maybe they, they might have a, a problem with the modem itself and have to replace it. So they're going to have to shell out the money again. Or worse, Comcast is going to change technology, and therefore they're <laughs> yes. going to have to change the modem. Right. Yeah, but they've, right. it, it, they'll make their money back in one year's time. Yeah, possibly. So, um, and I know a lot of people that don't want to have the ability to share their Comcast oh, network yes, yep. with all yeah. the people that go by, and they don't even feel comfortable, even though it's turned off. They still don't feel comfortable that Comcast is doing that for them. Hmm. They, you know, their privacy is their own, and and they just don't even like that 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 ability even exists. So what they'll have to do is it's a two step process. You'll have to buy a uh, a Doxis three, which is a uh, which is the standard for cable modems. Um, you'll have to buy 
like a, like this one article recommends getting the uh, Motorola seventy four twenty, and then you'd also have to get a a uh, wireless router to go with it. Because remember, Comcast oh, is right. an all in one right. unit. That's right. It provides you Wi Fi capability for your house, and it's also the cable modem. So you'll have to buy two devices to replace it. And there's one other caveat and, too. If they're subscribing from Comcast for their phone service, yep. they're going to have to have a modem that's going to allow them to be able to plug their telephones in oh, the house into it as well. That's right. That's and right. She, so if they bundled, she and is. if they've bundled, yeah. you're right. And so in that particular case, you have to take that consideration yeah, in as well. It, matter of fact, the, she mentioned she has the triple play. What was the mom? What was the number of people I told you last week that have landlines? Wasn't it 48 percent? Forty. I think 48 percent. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so so she has to consider that as well, and that may require a more expensive modem or a more expensive suddenly, router to go with suddenly that. Suddenly, well. the ten dollars a month doesn't sound like an awful lot right. because she's got the X One preferred triple play plan, and with that, she has a one phone line and an Ethernet connection. And I was thinking, who still has phone lines at home? But you're almost forced to with the bundles because you save money, and uh, yeah, and, know, and then now why? you have Google. And all these other companies that provide those digital assistants that are also trying to penetrate that market yeah. and become your landline. I, I that's an interesting point too. Yeah, that that uh, Alexa hey, Sarah, and, and, Siri and, and, and and Siri uh, both Alexa, want to yeah. get into the business of being your phone connection. And every one of the phones that you have in your house, if you want to have something just sitting on the desk and stuff mm-hmm. like that, those basically all run analog. They run across the wires that are in your house, or they, run, they, they at least run analog to the transmitting mm-hmm. base that's going to transmit to the other ones in the house. So you you got to have a modem that's going to facilitate an RJ11 jack in order yeah. to tie those in. The old, and that's the old phone jack, right? Correct. The little, right it, yes. the little tiny I, guy. I have to tell you a funny thing about this. is I, um, One of the organizations that I deal with wanted me to fax some material to them. And I'm thinking, oh, I have to go on and I have to get e-fax and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, there is. Wait a minute! I have this X one <laughs> triple play. I have a phone connection, <laughs> right? And uh, darned if I didn't have uh, all I had to do. And the back of the um, the uh, Comcast, it's, it's rather large device they have there, right. which is your line, modem yeah. and everything, and your uh, wireless router as well. There is a plug on the bottom of it for your phone, the the RJ eleven, and I plugged it in, and sure enough, I was able to use my printer then, which was able to send faxes. To send a fax to these people. I took, when I got got my Comcast service in my house, I took that RJ11, plugged it from the back of the modem to one of the RJ11 jacks in the house, and then all the jacks in the house became live, and I could use them for phone jacks. Oh, excellent. Excellent. See, in the early days, with early days of Vonage, you could not do that. That unit did not pump out enough uh-huh. power to supply the 12 phone jacks in my house, even though only three phones were connected to them. Yep. It's just the old Linksys unit they used at the time wasn't capable of doing that. I really had to do some serious, and it wasn't able to support a fax. This yep. is early days of, of yep. Vonage. One of the other things to mention, I think, too, uh, and I'm sure you guys have run into this, is that you actually have two channels. On your uh, uh, the, TV, on the Comcast, no, on the <laughs> <laughs> more hope than that, but on the Comcast, um, um, on the wireless modem, and there's there two are, channels. Yeah, there's the five gigabyte yes. and the two point four four. So um, I find that you can switch back and forth with that. You can use one for guests. You can use one for the lower powered uh, devices yep. in your house, and keep everything running at maximum speed on the uh, the five gigabyte. So. 
keep all those things in mind when you're concerned about the $10 a month. It may be actually a very, very good deal. Hey, we're to come back. We've got a few more questions to answer here on the Internet Advisor. Thank you so much for having joined us here on the Internet Advisor on this, uh, our uh, listener question and answer segment of the program. We're going to wrap it up in uh, just a moment here. This, by the way, is really what the, has been a unique aspect of the Internet Advisor for these low 20 years that we've been doing this. And that is we started off by being a place where people could call in in the late 90s uh, when I was doing my program on WJR and ask questions about their Internet service. I was the first person to ask a question about my service. And Gary, being my provider at the time, was the person I brought on to answer them. And that's been our tradition since then. And really is kind of the secret sauce of what we do, which is to give people a chance to ask questions. And by the way, our rule of thumb here is the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. You know, something I've noticed in my entire career, and Ed, you could probably validate this for me, and maybe even Gary as well. It's all about that question that gets you sucked into this game. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know, people will walk up to you and they'll just say, you know, I just have a question. And once they ask that question, then you're pretty much locked in for the rest <laughs> of the <world. laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Well, because Gary's been with you this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. See? It works. Let's, uh, okay, we have a question from Diane Cole. And uh, here's her question. Um, I thought that you could trust Flash. <laughs> That's a mistake. Yeah, that's not true. Uh, unfortunately. Well, Windows Defender, which is the um, uh, malware program that is It's part- Microsoft's antivirus program. Microsoft's antivirus yeah. program. That's right. Okay. Windows Defender, and it's, by the way, woven into Windows 10. Mm-hmm. It's a regular part of it. Okay, and updated regularly there. Windows Defender cannot remove adware.mindspark.service. I even went to control panel and uninstalled everything that was loaded on February the 5th. I can imagine, I guess that's the date that that showed up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cannot uninstall Yahoo Powered, double exclamation point. Please, what do you suggest? Thank you for any help. Uh, It's possible. I'm not sure what Yahoo Powered is, but it's, um, um, if you cannot remove it, then through well first i would download if you can't remove it through programs and features in the windows program you can um try downloading malware bytes okay and and use that to scan your computer to remove the adware.mindspark.service okay um it's possible though that that this is a legitimate flash advertising program and not malicious mm. because it's basically just saying adware of course adware's is yeah. is legitimate it's not malicious software so if you if you have a toolbar either a bing toolbar or a yahoo toolbar which yahoo's not doing that well it really needs its ad revenue especially if it's going to be purchased from verizon um that it's quite possible that they want to throw more ads out there so it, this could be a legitimate program Okay. Well, you know, it's really un- unusual. I'm, I'm doing a search here, Ed, and, and you might be right on to something because I've come up with stuff. When I went to search for my, how to remove MindSpark, it simply says go to Control Panel, go to Programs and Features, and click on the Uninstall Program, and it'll uninstall MindSpark from your computer. So if, you're, if your computer has is, ha- lost the ability to uninstall it, reboot it, try again. Go into Programs and Features, try to uninstall it. If that doesn't work... 
then you may want to make sure that your Internet Explorer or your Firefox or your Google Mm -hmm. Chrome browser is closed. It's quite possible that those... It's open oh, because yeah. you have your toolbar opened. If this all of that fails, you can download CCleaner, which is available. We have That's a link true. to it on our Internet Advisor website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called CCleaner. And not only does it scour your computer for unused and tries to find disk space, mm-hmm. which really isn't an issue every now because people not have as terabytes much, yeah. of disk space, but it, it has a, an alternate um, ad remove programs feature in there. That complements the Windows ad remove programs or, you know, programs and features. And it usually uninstalls stuff that, you know, that's broken, that, that Windows can no longer uninstall. So it'll actually scour your Windows registry, come up with a list of programs, and, and, and it's possible that CCleaner will be able to remove the, um, the Yahoo-powered application. Yeah, by the way, it's Yahoo! exclamation point powered. That apparently is the way that it's presented. Right. Um, and there are lots of different sites that uh, give step-by-step instructions yeah, on how right, to remove it. Right. Oh, okay, good. Yep, there are quite a few out there. Now, the other thing with the adware, um, do any of you use uh, ad blockers? I don't. No, I don't. I really don't. Absolutely no need for it. I, don't, I, I really I have, don't have a problem with it. I have used it. I, I use, matter of fact, the ad blocker. I, I don't because you know what will happen is if we keep poppy, blocking ads, then they're not going to be able to to uh, put ads on the radio station website, and then they won't be able to pay us Oops. to do the Wait a minute. to do the show. <laughs> so take that ad blocker off. Okay? <laughs> Get that out of here. <laughs> but that's the real problem, right? If you if you can't um, have if if the ads are are going to be blocked, mm-hmm. then you're not going to pay for that content with advertising. People will have to pay for it themselves if they want the content. Yeah, I mean, so all these free sites, if if everybody blocks, if everybody uses an ad an ad blocker. There's not going to be any more um, free content. Yeah, there used to be a point in time in the past when when you went to websites and you got all these pop-ups. You know, yes, uh, th- that has really yes. calmed down. The only time you're going to see that is a few if, of you went, a few if you happen to hit a malicious website and mm. it throws up a bunch of stuff in the background. Right. You know, porn sites do that too, but also malicious websites and and people that are trying to install alternate toolbars in your computer. An ad blocker would stop some of that too. Okay, all right. Well, there so you I go. guess the question is: so I don't hit those use, sites. <laughs> use it judiciously. Yeah, is, is, yeah. is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and there are certain places that if if I have it on, I have to stop it in order to be able to get some of the functionality the on the website. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, the con- yeah you the con- want that. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, thank you very much for pitching in on this. We have a few more left over, and we will pick them up maybe next week. But if you have a question, once again, we are open for business. 24-7. All you got to do is go to internetadvisor.net, and on that uh, toolbar on the top, there's a Contact Us button. If you click on that, you can put your question in the form of an email to us, and make sure you put your email address in there. Click the Send button, and it's on its way to getting answered. We'll individually answer those. And then also, if we have the opportunity on the weekends, we'll bring up the question and the answer as well. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.